Uh, excuse me, ma'am. You see these arrows on the floor? You're supposed to follow them. This, this, the, the, you cannot come the wrong way down the aisle at the supermarket. It's been enough time. There is no excuse for you not to know which direction to go in. This is unacceptable. Listen, I just needed one thing. It's right there. Like, I, I don't think I should have to walk all the way around when there's no one else. Do you know how many sub stories like that I get every day? This is my job. I'm, I have to stand on the corner of the sugar and the eggs aisle and I have to tell people to turn around. Well, you know what your problem is? Why are you putting sugar and eggs in the same aisle? Because one of them needs refrigeration and one of them doesn't. Like, this is obviously a very poorly run store. Look, you're the client here. I mean, I just come here to go to work. You're the one who clearly chooses to work, to to buy your produce here. (laughs) Well, uh, hey, Lisa, uh, what seems to be the problem here? I see we have a customer and, well, everything looks to be going fine, right? John, this lovely customer here was uh, insulting our choice of distribution of project products throughout the store and I'm i just, just think you know what this, this is not her job if she doesn't like it she doesn't have to shop here i'm just saying that the sugar does not need to be in the refrigeration zone that's all it just seems weird to me i'm sorry i brought it up what I if mean, you want to whip up a meringue do you have to have cold sugar for that i didn't know that of course you're going to just whip up eggs into stiff peaks and not add any sugar but does the sugar have to be cold the sugar and the eggs naturally go together for this recipe uh, lisa come on you you know how our store is laid out like explain like yeah we keep chocolate next to the cheese for fondue exactly i mean it really takes all of the decision making out of your shopping it's like you know those those little shelves that exist next to the checkout so that you get things that you didn't realize that you needed to get Mm -hmm. our Mm -hmm. entire store is laid out like that i'm really really surprised that you haven't noticed how long have you been shopping here i well i this is i just moved into the neighborhood i've only been here a couple of times and i have to say i didn't really study your ethos as a company first because it's just a corner grocery store but i respect your right to organize your store however you like can i please just go because i need some things from the stir fry aisle. Okay, well, you can turn around because I see you're facing us and the arrow is, you know, the other okay. way. Okay, all right, I'm turning around. This is me turning around. Is that good? Does that work? Yeah, so now you need to Thank you. go that way down the, the aisle. Okay, 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 okay. I'm gone. <sighs> I feel like customers just don't respect the arrows. <sighs> I, just, I just don't think they, I just don't think they, they don't respect what we're trying to do here. This is, this is like a revolutionary grocery store and uh, they're just treating us like we're any other corner shop. I just, I feel like our talent is wasted here. Definitely. Like what other store is going to put the lettuce next to the pre-pickled carrots when you're making banh mi? Yeah. I mean, granted, we also have lettuce in six other aisles in the shop, but. Yeah. What if you want a sandwich or. Beep, 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 delivery. I got your uh, sticks of butter. I got some big bags of flour. I got some. At least could go anywhere. Uh, yeah. I got some. Uh, I don't know. These look like mixed nuts or something like that. You guys want me to put them down just right here, okay, or do you want me to put them somewhere like in the store? One more piece of context, real quick, to figure out where this goes. Man, it's your store. It goes where you like. Like I'm oh, just uh, the truck driver. The okay, decisions. Are these like beer nuts or are they like snack nuts? Dude, you ordered them. You tell me. Right here, let, let's open them up and try them. Let's see. What do you think here? Um, They're unsalted, which makes me think they're snack nuts. So probably. No, they're baking uh, nuts. Yeah, oh. they're been. They, yeah, could be, they're, they could be nut butter nuts as well. <sighs> okay, just 
I think we have room in aisle 15 for these. Aisle 15, that's... The, uh, the flower should probably go everywhere. Let's just put it next to the cash register. Everybody wants flower next to the cash register. Let's keep it there. Flower Genius. next to the cash register. The nuts in the... Um, aisle sundry. 15. Aisle 15, baking needs and snack mixes. Okay. Um, And souffles. The souffle aisle, is that what you're saying? Obviously. Okay. And what about uh, the butter? Where do you want the butter? Because that's a lot of butter. Souffle aisle as well. What the hell? Okay, man. Amateur. Okay. Jeez. Okay. I think we really need to get a new supplier. I heard that. <laughs> hey, follow the arrow. <laughs> Scene. <laughs> a drop of hobby. A drop of hobby. Your obsessions, your loves, and your dreams. A drop of hobby. nonsensical businesses but <laughs> welcome to the podcast everybody this is a drop of hobby the improvised podcast that discusses your favorite hobby each week uh i'm sean risser i'm Kristen mueller he slipped and i'm amy preston sampson and this week Kristen, i believe you are our bartender for us that's right, I am. And uh, so here's what I thought I would bring to the table. So, and I'm not even sure if this quite qualifies as a hobby, but that's sort of where I thought it would go. So perhaps this is a bad idea and it's too esoteric, but I'm going to do it anyway. <laughs> so my idea of what we could talk about was along the theme of open source software, which I don't really know anything about or know about how it's produced, but I, I which I think Sean might know more about as a computer-y kind of guy. Um, but I, what I thought was kind of interesting about it is I'm not really sure whether it's something that like professionals do on their off time, though I'm sure some people also get paid to do it in some weird manner. Um, so it's sort of like a hobby where you do more of your job or <laughs> is it a hobby that people take, that people put like professional standards on? Like, are there people who have have day jobs doing something else, but also contribute to, I don't know, like Firefox or uh, GIMP or what are the other ones? Like, oh, what I'm using right now to record this, Audacity, you know? Like, are there people who do that, but are like not actually pros in the sense that they get paid, so... Yeah, so I can probably hop right in here and say it's all three. It's professional, it's a hobby, it's also a thing professionals will do on their off time and not enjoy it. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, so I actually work on an open source project professionally. Wow. Uh, and there are cases where like people will uh, do certain things like big, make games uh, as their hobby and not mm -hmm. expect any like money or reward for it. And it's just like it's they release it open source just because that would make sense to them uh but yeah it's a it's basically just a way of releasing software at this point right but it didn't start out like that right like it did start out as sort of this sort of utopian thing where it's like we're all going to collaborate on yeah. making this thing but that probably ties into sort of the early internet which was a very different place than it yeah. is today 
Yeah. Yeah. Like a lot of stuff that exists now wouldn't exist uh, if it weren't open source. Uh, like a lot of code is compiled with what's called the GNU C compiler, uh, which is a whole history lesson in and of itself, basically. But uh, it's one of the most used pieces of software in the world. And it uh, is developed uh, largely through volunteer efforts, though the uh, foundation behind it does accept donations and does uh, pay professional uh, software engineers to develop it, basically. So what's the um what what makes what makes a, a professional developer go home at the end of their day and decide <laughs> to work on more software uh workaholism yeah. okay let's try for a slightly more uh positive answer to that question <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah what, or like maybe to rephrase the question what would make it a hobby like what is the appeal right so like let's leave aside the workaholics here what is the appeal of something not being paid and um, being something that you're doing for fun in your own time um, like is it the, the fact that you have there's no expectation about whether or not it works out um, so like you can afford to take more risks or it feels more creative because you don't have to pitch something in terms of how it's going to turn out before you do it um, so like what's the kind of like what would make it a hobby um, whether for a professional or someone who's not a professional but like what makes it appealing as a hobby yeah the thing I'm immediately thinking of is like sometimes what you want in the world doesn't exist and so you just have to go out there and make it yourself uh like for a long time there wasn't a good painting program outside of photoshop uh and so or not just painting but image editing in general and so these people made gimp which is yeah. the worst named software in the world and yeah. also the worst piece of software in the world uh but it's free and open source so so uh, it mostly does stuff it's fine i'm good at gimp i got good at gimp over a very long time out of necessity but I guess okay like so I get that you can like I'm still I'm just trying to like make sure that we we don't lose the essence of um of Kristen's suggestion uh to kind of unpack this like so it's like it's not just that it's the creation of something like it allows you to create something which doesn't previous like didn't previously exist and you want to exist because I mean that could also that could go for like a lot of entrepreneurial like businesses etc like what is it about open source that makes that the kind of preferable platform to play with something if you see a gap and you want something to exist is it because it allows collaboration or is there like some uh, other reason it allows collaboration and uh another thing is it makes it so that you can modify the software because uh, one thing that uh basically spurred on uh, a lot of open source philosophy was richard stallman not being able to edit the software on his uh, printer uh, because basically printers used to be extremely slow and unreliable uh, and so he modified one printer he had to send him an email uh, when it finished and so when they got a new printer in his office he couldn't do that anymore because all the software was on lockdown and that's a huge pain when it's like you have to go up and wait for 20 minutes as it mm -hmm. prints out each page three minutes at a time you know so it sounds to like to me that it's just it's not just that you're trying to create something to fill a gap or do something that doesn't already exist, but you're also already aware that most things that exist are deficient. And so there's a fair degree of humility in saying, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna create something to fill a gap, but I also accept that you might not think it is good or it might not work for you, and so I want you to be able to change it. 
Yeah, definitely. Like yeah. a lot of people want uh, only, they only use open source software. Like they're totally anti-Google, anti-Apple and everything just because they uh, don't want anybody to have uh, private control of what they're using. Uh, and they also want to make sure as many people can look at something as possible. So it's like you don't have hidden security bugs that go unreported for decades. And then suddenly a big company's like, oops, all your data's uh, exposed or uh, anything like that. Well, I, I wonder about it because, like, this idea of it's, it's kind of maybe that idea of professionalism, right? Because, like, um, professionalism doesn't mean getting paid, you know? It's more an attitude towards what you're doing, you know? It's like how 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 you approach something. Um, and I was thinking about that and relate. I don't remember why I was thinking about that in relationship to open source software because musicians do that all the time, right? It's like you might be a real legit get paid well, be pretty big in your field and still do gigs for free or almost free just because you like playing music so and there's someone you want to play with and they're doing a gig where it's you know, past the hat gig so you go and you play like it's, it's it happens all the time more often than not i should say in canada um so may, I, I don't know is it the same thing is it just people just like doing it so they do more of it because and then some of it is your job and some of it is just like i'm just hanging out with my friends uh, so I actually tried to start a open source project a while back uh, because I wanted to have a machine that I could use to control uh, my light switch. But I started this project. I literally got to the point where I was like starting to code up servers and stuff like that. Uh, and then as I started doing more research for it, I found out Google already solved this exact problem. Oh. Like literally I found their documentation for like their uh, uh, how it's designed and how how parts of it communicate with each other and it's like wow i literally produced this and so i just gave up because it's like somebody else already did it and bigger better and bigger and they also make people pay for it even though they're fucking google well this is like i mean this is an interesting question because this is like what is the value of making things yourself or like homemade or like mm -hmm. artisanally made or like there's lots of things that we attribute value to um and it's got nothing to do with like the quality of the of the product or the the outcome um and that yeah it might be good but like why it's not better than something which is like mass produced for example um but we do seem to have a fascination with um those things and i wonder if like it is part of acknowledging or assuming that it's been created by someone who has enjoyed the process of what it is that they're doing and somehow we have a better relationship it doesn't have to be a hobby it could be like any kind of art form um but that somehow even if it's worse we would rather get the version that has been made with love <laughs> or some kind of like care that it like that thing has brought some joy or purpose to someone rather than like a massive machine or something even if it's worse yeah that gave me an idea for a scene <laughs> okay cool oh is that the latest iphone uh yeah i just got it uh i just got it the other day actually do you want to check it oh, out wow. oh huh you that's interesting. I don't see any, you know, artisanal software on here. Uh, oh, I'm not, you know, that's not me. I just like, whatever. I'm not a techie kind of person. I just, I just get it from the app store. Stacy, you're really just, where's the art? It's just a phone, Jared. I mean, I just want to use it to like go on Twitter and send text messages and take pictures and stuff. What am I going to do with it? Well, I bet you use your phone's default camera app, right? Yeah, shouldn't I do oh that? Oh my God. What's it wrong just... with the default camera app? There's just... 
Where's the ruggedness? Where's the flaws? This is an iPhone. It doesn't have any. It's not supposed to have any. It's like precision engineered to have no flaws. Oh my god. I gotta get... I gotta get Kelsey here. Like, she's going to love this. It, okay, let me call her up. Pulls out, like, a b- absolute brick of a phone. <laughs> it's made out of wood. <laughs> hey, Kelsey. Hi, Jeremy. Oh my god. Jared. Oh. Oh, no problem. Yeah, nobody. It's total bullshit. No, nobody would ever have that kind of stuff, right? Uh, I have that kind of stuff. You gotta come here right now. Like, Stacy has the cutest phone. Uh, cuter than mine? Oh, definitely. She didn't even write the OS for the phone. What? It's just an iPhone. Uh. Meet us outside the. Uh, meet us outside the parlor. Come on. Alright, yeah. I'll, I'll see you. Uh, I've got a like. Got a cycle with my penny farthing. I'll probably be like 10 minutes. <laughs> okay, cool. Okay. Yeah. Kelsey's on her way. Look, I don't, I'm not really comfortable with you guys making fun of me because I just have a normal person phone. Oh my god. Oh, I'm so sorry. If you think this is me making fun of you, I'm so sorry. Like, I just find it like, like you probably just use the default mailing app. You just Well, like- no, I don't do that. I mean, I did install <laughs> Gmail because that sucks, but like, yeah. Well, yeah, you gotta have a Gmail. It's the 21st yeah. century. Yeah. Hi, guys. Sorry it took me so long. Ah, Kelsey. sorry. Hey. Hi, Kelsey. Oh, I've uh, got to say this phone. Here it is. It's just a phone. It's nothing special. There's <gasps> three cameras on the back. Oh, my God. And just tell me, like, how long does it take you to send a message? Like a second? <laughs> Like it's really fast, like a phone. How long does it take you to send a message? Um, I mean, I'm still using like one of the 5110s, so I have to type every button three times to get the letter I want. So, I mean, it can take up to five minutes. Uh huh. But it's sent with love, right? Yeah, I just, I really like working for, like, I just feel like everyone should know that when they get 120 character text from me, that that has been, like, drafted a number of times because I also don't have unlimited characters. And so I really have to think about what I'm saying. And there's a lot of work that goes into that text. And, I mean, it's basically like the the new letter, right? Yeah, you get a better appreciation for everything when you have to struggle. Like, knowing that real Honest sweat, tears, and blood have gone into making this splintery phone makes it better than yours. Dude, you should really sand that if it's giving you splinters. I mean, having a phone made out of wood, whatever, but if it's giving you splinters, that's just a health hazard. You call it health hazard? I call it beautiful. I call it art. Yeah, I feel like you're just being too utilitarian. Well, listen, like, I just feel like, you know, an object you use every day should probably be reasonably easy to use and not take an hour to send a message or give you splinters all the time. But that's just me. You I mean, you have your own values. That's fine. I mean, what? Like, you expect to turn on your shower by just spinning a single knob rather than yeah. having 20 different dials that you need to have fine-tuned? Oh my god, you even have a shower? Like, <laughs> well, I don't want smell i haven't had a shower for like five years what do you do just put, like put a hose out in the backyard or whatever oh i have a flannel bath a flannel bath what's a flannel bath i just like use a flannel and wash myself this is new to me as well <laughs> okay well this has been very interesting um i think I, i'm gonna i'm just i'm just what are you doing this afternoon oh i was gonna just go check out that new waffle place i thought or 
I don't know, go for a bike ride in the park or... They don't even make their own waffle mix. You know, Jared, I'm starting to wonder, like, I think she's got so much more free time than us. Well, Why, don't... what were you doing this afternoon? Well, I mean, the bath takes me forever. I was going to pick strawberries for tomorrow's dessert. I've got to mill some flour. I've got to mill some wheat to make flour for next week. It takes a lot of time. I, I don't even know if I'll be able to eat dinner tomorrow. I'll honestly be spending so much time just getting ready for dessert. Well, you guys have fun doing that. I'm going to go eat a waffle. Bye. Stacy hops into just a modern car. We don't even call an Uber. We just have to try to share a ride on a on the penny farthing. Penny farthing. <laughs> and <I'm>... scene. <laughs> Which is funny. This is funny that I took up that role in that scene because I have to say I do make a lot of things for myself that most people do not. <laughs> so yeah, I definitely is a perfect role for you, Kristen. Yeah, it definitely is. Like sometimes I do think that is like you know I could just not do this, but uh... but but I mean I guess like part of it is like there's the the flip side of on the one hand it is sometimes part of it's just something fun to do that you get yeah. yourself. But on the other on the other hand, like it, if that barrier uh, to how long it's going to take you is like something something that dissuades you from having it in the first place then sometimes it is just like pause for thought and you're like do I really need that thing no I don't really don't really need it at one point I had basically made it so I could only make my own desserts uh and not buy any which helped a lot because it turns out when you have to make macarons macarons I don't know how to say that in English anymore (laughs) um from scratch uh it kind of demotivates you because you know that there's a whole process ahead of you uh but then when you do make it it's so nice uh because like yeah you made it you get to eat it you made it yeah i think i definitely would not bother going to the degree of effort that is involved in macarons because they're not real food but They're, they're like air they're like, and sugar, right? But I, yeah. Well, I mean, I, I can relate in the sense, like, I've been vegan for as long as I can remember, uh, like, more than 10 years. And I remember that when the internet, kind of, the world was, the internet was hit by the, the, the magic of aquafava. Oh, and yeah. So, and suddenly meringues were possible. And Aquafava? Fava. Chickpea yeah, water. Yeah, chickpea water. It's like the yeah. slimy, oh. the slimy stuff that comes out of the can of chickpeas. And it, it, it's amazing. Uh, it is, it's, it was definitely deserved the hype. But I have to say like it took there was at least a six month lag uh between the kind of like oh my gosh like vegans can now eat meringues and I actually didn't even get around to making them it was my partner's mother who made them for (laughs) us because I was sort of like yay it's possible but also I don't think I really cared that much about them to start off with in the first place cheese on the other hand like being able to make cheese from it amazing um wait you can make cheese from uh without milk oh yeah 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 Yeah. Yeah. what you do with aqua Aquafaba? Yeah. How do you, uh, how do, you do it with aquafaba? Um, the aquafaba, cashews, and coconut oil with okay. a bit of kava carrageenan, lactic acid, so it tastes like cheese. Um, melts, grates, perfect. Mm, um, okay. But yeah, like I think the the meringue, I was like, yeah, it's like one of those things that's fun to do once because it seems like a magical kind of experiment. And then ultimately, I was like, not worth it. It's a lot of work. They're, yeah. they're these like, I mean, I think that's the beauty of them, right? That there is this like insane amount of work for this tiny little delicacy that you like just. 
enjoy like as a tiny little i got pretty good at making them uh i know this episode's about software and everything but i just want to talk about things we enjoy (laughs) (laughs) no this software this the software this episode is about applying a professional standard to things you don't actually have to do i think is what this is doing (laughs) yeah doing things as a passion i think someone maybe sean you said passion project like i feel like it's sort of about it's sort of about that yeah yeah Uh, a lot of stuff that gets open source that isn't software is stuff like uh conlangs uh and just like a bunch of other resources that you wouldn't expect to be uh associated with that environment but it's like it also totally makes sense that they'd go there because when you develop something like that it does turn out to require kind of almost a script and a design document and everything that requires patching over time uh, and so it makes sense to apply the open software model to it I, I didn't actually know what that word that word was that oh, you used lang? no idea uh constructed language so uh Esperanto, uh, yeah uh is uh like the most famous one Klingon all Klingon's yeah! probably more famous <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but yeah, just a bunch of uh, people using language features and throwing them in a bag to create their own language and culture and history out of it. And it can be fun. Tolkien did it because oh he was a very obsessive language nerd. Mm-hmm. Speaking of Tolkien, um, someone just, my one of Ben's friends just sent him a whole bag of French books to help him with his French studies. And one of them was the Silmarillion translated into French. Oh, and I was like, rough. what is more useless than that? Because it's a whole bunch of made up languages. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's it like now you can learn the French word for like I don't know, like uh, I, I I actually have read the Silmarillion a really long time ago oh, wow. and forgotten all of it, but I'm not reading it in French. I'm not doing it. Yeah, I guess I mean if he remembers what the no, actually it's not it's not functional. Even if he remembers all of the the words from English, um, it's still not super. I mean, for what I know, the Silmarillion is also a really dense read because it's like the explanation of the entire world, right? It's like the really boring parts of the Bible, but for Tolkien's universe, like so-and-so you know, so-and-so begat, so-and-so begat, so-and-so, like all those things and like the really dull, like genealogies and stuff like that. It's like that, but Mm. for, well, I guess, well, I mean, like also a made-up thing. I mean, the ancient Middle East did exist. I'm not saying it's a (laughs) mythical land, (laughs) but I mean, like, with when you have, like, a book like Numbers yeah. uh, in the Bible, where it is literally a, bunch a of lot numbers. of numbers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it, there are a lot of boring parts in the Bible that co- probably could have been left out, honestly. Yeah, needed some editing. Yeah, so I feel like the Silmarillion was like Tolkien. was like, well, I've created this mythology. I've got to, get, I've got to fill in all the gaps. <laughs> are you guys aware of the Gen Z Bible? No. Oh, my God. It is... Somebody basically tricked a Christian foundation into letting them write a horrible translation of the book. Uh, God was replaced with Big G. (laughs) And it's just so fantastic. That's a bit like that translation of Beowulf that opens with bro or whatever. Oh, but that one's like actually... It's supposed to be really good, yeah. Yeah, the Beowulf translation's incredible because there's a dragon that literally puts the world on blast. (laughs) And it's like, oh, I I really want to read that because every single time, every single passage I read from that Beowulf translation is incredible. Okay, but here's an example. Genesis 1-3, and God said, let there be light, and there was light. Translated to, and God was like, it's lit, fam. And it was lit, fam. (laughs) With four fire emojis. Oh, that's terrible. It's incredible. Oh, I found I, out about this and it's great. I would have trouble understanding it because I don't think I understand <laughs> a lot of young lingo. <laughs> <laughs> 
but it sounds well i mean it sounds like someone got hopefully hopefully someone got paid for it (laughs) and i hope that wasn't someone's passion project (laughs) yeah it doesn't it feels like it wasn't because it oh no it's it's simultaneously like one of the most cringe inducing pieces of literature ever created but also the funniest Um, I feel like it's a joke. Uh, like most definitely, uh, I'm pretty sure like whatever story I heard about, I'm pretty sure is wrong, but like it was that somebody tricked a foundation into letting them write this. (laughs) Did you happen to see this on April 1st, by the way? Check the date on that article. Uh, July 8th, 2020. Okay, never mind then. Because there's always Bible jokes on April on April Fools as well, you know. Really? Yeah, I feel like there always are. It is like you know, Bible translated into cat or whatever for the first time. Uh, yeah. Cat. Yeah. So yeah. it's just, just six hundred and eleven yeah. pages of meows. <laughs> meow, meow, of meow, yeah, I, I probably made that up, but I feel like that's the kind of thing that you will see gentle kind of humor, like Reader's Digest level kind of humor on. I was there anything like were there better April Fool's things this year because we're we've been all locked at home for so long or uh, I don't think I paid any attention. I didn't notice any in particular. I think everybody was just, it has just become sick of April Fool's. Because basically every company just uses it to be like, hey, we inconvenienced you slightly. Isn't this funny? Uh, And no, it isn't. It just isn't anymore, you know? Well, I can tell you in the French language school system in Montreal, they give the children fish to stick on each other's backs because that's the French tradition for April Fool's. Oh, yes, of course. Poisson d'Avril. Yeah. Do you, as as a parent, do you play pranks on your children? I don't. I'm bad at practice jokes but uh my kids play pranks on on us and uh their dad plays pranks on them but i do not participate really i just tell everyone to cut it out <laughs> <laughs> but their their pranks are all like um you don't like snakes so here's a stuffed snake <laughs> like it's not very sophisticated i mean i don't know yeah. if it's supposed to be sophisticated right yeah i don't know i don't know sticking a, a paper fish on someone's back is pretty pretty low key low tech so that's fine with me i think i can probably do that going back to the episode topic yes that's right uh if you guys had a project that you felt like you couldn't do alone but you and you needed help for it what do you think it would be oh that sums up everything i've ever wanted to do <laughs> and i'm currently doing mm-hmm. okay if you ha- i guess like if you had a project that needed a thousand people to help with it and you could pro- possibly get that help what would you try to do oh uh, that's a really i'm gonna throw this back at you that's a really interesting request because a thousand people, like, I mean, I guess it depends what kind of help you need, right? Because honestly, mm-hmm. like being someone who's done a fair amount of volunteer coordination, coordinating people, just coordinating people to execute like any idea that's already been like come up with is already like a massive thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and often the kind of help that I want from other people is coming up with like, is this a good idea? What's this idea going to look like? Uh, whether it's like in a written thing or some kind of like idea that involves people um and coming like how do you engage a thousand people <laughs> to this is come, giving to, yeah yeah like maybe five people maybe five people would be really good <laughs> this has given me an idea for a scene great all right so 
Ladies and gentlemen, I wanted to thank you so much for coming and for joining me here today at our first annual, hopefully annual, perhaps more frequent, um, World Coffee Maker Conference. As the head of heads of many nations, I thought we could come together and brainstorm how can we make the perfect coffee maker for the people. Um, um, hi, hi. I've got a, Dele- I've got a yeah, question. De- delegate from Switzerland, yes, your question? I just... Um, I feel like we should have more of a say because I think that we have already figured out much more, like we're very close to reaching the perfect cup of coffee. And I just don't understand why there are so many people in the room. Well, um, I, I feel, we feel as the head of the, um, United Coffee Nations that we need to hear many perspectives and many voices, Switzerland. So while we, uh, we recognize your expertise and world leadership in this field, we want to open the floor and hear hear what other people want to see in their coffee because as we all know the people are getting very tired and we need to keep them awake so we need to give them really really good coffee in order to do that yes um delegate from brazil brazil thank you yes thank you so i suggest we actually take a blast from the past and introduce coca leaves back into coffee that's a different plant brazil yeah it's like a fusion Huh. So Brazil proposes adding a psychoactive, more psychoactive components to coffee. Well, it would keep people awake. There's no bad ideas in brainstorming. So let's put that on the whiteboard. Um, um, I just, I sorry, uh, Switzerland again. I have a question. I'm just, what exactly is going to happen? Like, I hope you don't expect us to follow whatever decision decision is reached here today. Uh, well, there will be a period of uh, compliance. Obviously, we don't expect you to change right away. Uh, we will give uh, what we'll give time to everyone to bring their their um, coffee making regimes up to standard. But we do expect that all member nations uh, meet minimum standards of coffee ness. Why does there only have to be one kind of coffee in the world? Uh, Brazil. Brazil. Yeah, yeah, Brazil. Yeah, yeah. I'm glad you mentioned that it's a regime because we are very authoritarian about our coffee here. And to explain why there has to be one coffee because if there's the best what the fuck are you doing not serving it switzerland uh, uh, well, i would not endorse brazil's language i do feel like that all people deserve the best coffee it's a question of human rights switzerland yeah i just am not i'm not fully convinced that we all agree on what best is Okay, so let's talk about that a little bit then. What is the best cup of coffee? Brazil thinks it should have coca leaves. What do you say, Switzerland? Well, I mean, even within the people that come into the, like, the cafe that I work at, like Mrs. Jones, she has her coffee with milk. Uh, Mr. Person, he has no and milk. And you just allow that? Of course. They're this all happy. They're all happy. This coffee isn't about happiness. It's about correctness. I'm sorry, I can't endorse Switzerland. I'm going to... Chancellor, I move mm-hmm. that we vote to kick out Switzerland from the National Coffee Federation. Uh, it's United Coffee Nations, Brazil. Yeah, got to get. I know there's some translation issues, but let's keep the name consistent here. Um, I I don't feel we're at that point. Let us try to, but perhaps we can censure Switzerland for failing to uphold parliamentary standards. All in favor? Aye. Uh, Ninety nine nations. Ninety nine. I I I I. Switzerland, you are barred from speaking until further notice, until you have learned your lesson. Yeah, can we hear from someone else other than Brazil or Switzerland now, perhaps? Does anyone else have something to add to this conversation?
Uh, yeah, uh, over here, uh, we're just, uh, I'm just from Florida, you know, just Florida oh, regional. delegate from Florida, welcome. Yeah, so we like to add an orange spritz to our coffee, and, you know, that could be really nice for everybody else in the world, you know, like, and they could even import from Florida oranges, uh... Uh, Florida, I just, no, sorry, um, delegate from Australia here. I'd just like to say that the flat white clearly is the best coffee in the world. Uh, it meets everyone's criteria. And I think obviously, I mean, it's already been imported into New York, Paris, London, Montreal, Tokyo. I, I think where the proof is in the pudding or in the flat white, should I say? Just, I just thought I could speak up and say my piece, but I guess I guess I was wrong to voice coffee opinions. I'm, I, I'd like to censor myself, please. Please, please do, Florida, because honestly, adding orange juice to coffee sounds pretty disgusting. Um, but thank you for trying. Um, once your censure has been lifted, we'll be happy to hear your input on whatever you care to give. Uh, so we have two proposals on the floor, on the, on, the, on the table, one from Brazil to add coca leaves to coffee and one from Australia to make the flat white the standard coffee drink of the world world can we take a vote please coca leaves no one raises their hand except brazil <laughs> flat white australia are you gonna vote for your own proposal or okay australia votes for flat white. <laughs> done and done <laughs> uh, well us here uh, i'm sorry I, can i have permission to speak from iceland iceland please 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 join us yeah so we just use instant coffee you know we don't really <gasps> do anything fancy it's just i don't see why we need to go through all this rigmarole for the best coffee when each culture has their own best coffee instant coffee are you kidding me i'm pretty Australia, sure I've, did you i've had a flat white in iceland was it made with instant coffee, though? No. <laughs> well, that's heartening that there's some some outposts of culture in your savage land. Uh, savage? What do you expect me to call you when you drink instant coffee? It's there's barbarism. Instant coffee is the working man's coffee. We don't all have time. We don't all have time to steep a roast. I mean, Switzerland here. Uh, I... I don't drink instant coffee, but but I will I will support uh, the suggestion that we should be all walking away from here with uh, inspiration, but definitely not a model of favorite coffee. Perhaps I have an idea. I have a solution. Perhaps instead of having a single coffee for the world, we can have a uniform set of coffee options, so everyone can have choices wherever they go. But which one's the best one? Sorry, Brazil again. Brazil. Um, I think that the best we can have a a, a catalog of best options. Uh, Okay, but which of that catalog is the best? I think perhaps that is a matter for our next Congress. We begin with this. It's called incrementalism. We begin with a uniform set of coffee options. We allow the cult different cultures to experiment with them. We come back together. Once we've all experienced all of them, we can say, actually, yes, it's the flat white. Or perhaps Florida's orange juice spritzer, though I doubt it, um, will we'll make the cut. So we let, let, Or how about this? We can put on a big American Idol-like event. I mean, Australia here. Look, I know I came here to support the flat white, but can we all be honest? Like, we're all just looking for friends. This is really just an opportunity for, like, coffee coffee lovers to get together around the world. Do we really need to come up with a with a best? If you love coffee, then yes, 
What, do you just let a customer order, oh, I'll have cream and sugar in my coffee? Well, no. that's, that's why I'm here is to meet all of you because I think we have more in common than my customers. Well, I have to say, I don't know if we're here to make friends because we do have our coffee peacekeeping troops ready to um, to impose our coffee regime around the world if needs well be. Armed. Yeah, very, but 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 uh, trained in diplomacy. Um, but um, point taken, Australia. Let's extend this the 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 spirit of international friendship, and uh, which means basically Brazil back off a bit. Doesn't matter whose is the best as long as we're all enjoying a hot beverage. Yeah, yeah. Brazil is willing to go full mad. <laughs> we will self-destruct if you do not... If we are forced to accept anything other than the best, if you can prove that something is the best, we'll you can force it on us all you want. We'll accept that. Well, you do grow a lot of the coffee, so we probably do have to listen to you to some extent. <laughs> we'll destroy all coffee in the world. God. People will uh, never get another day's wake without uh, us. Well, then I guess we're all drinking coffee with cocoa leaves. Is that I th- the best? I think, this, I think this might be a question for the Security Council. Yeah. Yes. Uh, meeting adjourned. Take it up to the Security Council. <laughs> we'll meet again in 12 months. Thank you, everyone. And scene. <laughs> <laughs> Just... Unusually aggressive from you there, John. <laughs> I wanted to be just somebody totally unreasonable. But also because I feel like it is relevant to uh, uh, software or open source software because like you do get people like that where they're, are, they've been the owner of some platform for 20 years and so mm-hmm. they uh, get to veto all decisions about changing it uh, even though they haven't contributed to the project. Uh, meaningfully for the past five. <laughs> um, I mean, I, I I can't imagine putting coca leaves in coffee, though I believe there's they they did used to be in Coca Cola, so yeah. it's not necessarily. I mean, like base. coca uh, or tea derived from coca leaves is still drunk in a lot of places. Hmm. Yeah. That is a morning pick me up. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. It's always like, maybe I go to conflict too easily, but man, it's fun being somebody that's obnoxiously wrong in a scene. <laughs> maybe that's also why earlier I was the person that was uh, making fun of somebody for having an iPhone <laughs> and wanting to have their old splinter brick phone. <laughs> Listen, you probably can buy a phone with a case made out of wood. I mean, you can buy like yeah, manual, I think you can. You can buy a manual typewriter to use with your computer, right? Yeah. Really? Yeah, mm-hmm. like a Bluetooth keyboard that's like an old manual typewriter. What? Yeah. Yeah, basically just detects what uh, key has been pressed and then turns that into a regular keyboard signal. Wow, that's Amy, really. Are you googling this I and am googling this right now. That. <laughs> I'm so. Are you gonna get on your penny farthing and go right over to the store and buy I'm, one? Yeah, Possibly. Go to the library and uh, go through their card catalog. Oh wow, this is so cool. Oh. I actually have a typewriter that doesn't work. You could uh, do this. It's a real tragedy. I got it off of Craigslist and it worked for two and a half pages before it stopped being able to output anything. And I thought like, oh, I guess the ink ribbon just dried up. So I bought a new one. And no, it's not the ink ribbon. Uh, It's just a million years old and it doesn't work anymore? I guess. Like the thing is, like it turns on and everything and it's like a digital typewriter uh, that can preview the line before it actually types it out, which is cool uh, because it allows you to correct mistakes without committing them to paper um 
but yeah, I just never got it working. Like I even replaced the flywheel on it, uh, the thing that selects what letter is going to be typed. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it just, I couldn't figure out what was going on. Wow. Well, pour one out for a great one. I mean, the, the, I, I, yeah, I have to say I have no nostalgia for typewriters at all um, because we had a computer when I was quite small. So I never really used one, but they were also close enough to me in time that they were just mundane, you know? Yeah. Yeah. They're fun to type with. They honestly feel a lot more engaging when you type with them compared to a regular keyboard. But I feel like, I mean, this obviously wouldn't apply if you changed um, the typewriter to connect it to a computer. But there's something about the fact that you have to write um, like in the order in which it comes out. Like when I'm writing, I don't generally write from start to end. Um, and I sort of wonder whether it would be good to, like is that, a, is that a good thing or a bad thing? Whether if I was forced to, to write from beginning to end, it would be better. It's probably something I should experiment with. God, I don't can know. You, can you imagine if your keyboard required you to actually like slide the thing back out after <laughs> too many characters uh. well you know what we can uh it'll someday the computer keyboard will be also uh obsolete and everyone will just type everything on their phones with their thumbs oh, i cool. i actually do maybe that is one of my superpowers like i have had so many people stop me in lifts and tell me that i am quick using my thumb <laughs> to type texts my thumb is too massive for uh, swiping to work. Uh, and also the QWERTY layout for keyboards is very bad for uh, doing that input method because all of the English vowels are in a single corner. Yeah. And so it's like you try typing your and sometimes you just get pot. <laughs> Oh man, I used to have a student who autocorrects, was really convinced, was called anal. Like it was just a miss, a correction of their name. And I cannot tell you how many times I almost sent in an email that was like, Hi anal, just confirming your lesson time for Thursday. Uh, Software was a mistake. We oh should have just stuck with the hardware only. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's terrible. You guys want to head into the final segment? Perfect. Yeah. Cool. Uh, Amy, what are you looking forward to but probably won't get to? Ah, oh, um, so many things. Honestly, so many things because I haven't done anything fun for ages. Um, oh, I didn't watch that film. I was got. I watched another film. What were we talking about? Knives Out. Yeah. I ended up watching Sorry to Bother You. Oh, that's. Oh, a, that I haven't seen really that. Good. It's really that's... good. Okay, so this is something that I did. <laughs> I did get around to, but didn't. Uh... that's seriously a movie someone recommended to me like three years ago, and I was like, oh, I should totally watch that and i haven't so there you go. um i think probably um i really need to fix up my winter bike um i know it's not winter anymore but i made the mistake of building a winter bike in the middle of winter which is not intelligent because then if anything goes wrong it's really difficult to fix because it's mm. already cold outside um and so i have some some like a flat tire and the gear shifter is not working and stuff like that um, and I think that I should probably do it because you know what? I'm going to blink and it's going to be November. <laughs> you live in Montreal. That's how it is. Yeah. So, um, aspirationally try and like before I put the bike away <laughs> for next winter, uh, to like try and fix it up a little bit. What about you, Krista? 
not much of a thing to look forward to, but I have a whole bunch of stuff to like take to be donated, like a whole bunch of just like several bags of stuff that to get rid of to go to the to be into the donation ecosystem. And I found a place to take them in my neighborhood and I've taken like three bags and I have many more and I would really like them all to be out of my shed. And I think I will probably not do that <laughs> before the next time we speak. But it is a really great <laughs> thing to us, like the, the, yeah. the, that kind of like process of, um, yeah, yeah getting rid of it is is great yeah how about you sean uh so i actually did make lasagna oh uh, nice nice uh it was very delicious and it lasted about two days which was uh perfect great you always love a meal that lasts several uh foods yeah um uh this time i'm working on an animation i'll link in chat um but yeah i've been working on this animation for about a month now and it's gotten to this point and i'm very proud of it but it's also a thing called clapintosh which is a macintosh that has <laughs> hips that can twerk <laughs> <laughs> Let's see it. Okay. Okay. It's coming up. It's coming up. Clap and tosh. Sorry. It's taking a while to load for some reason. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nice work. Yeah. It nice also work. has a foot that looks like a tail. Yeah. When I the mean, foot goes back, they have this weird like like dinosaur tail thing going on. Oh, it's the uh, blur lines uh from animation stuff. okay uh but yeah uh i need to detail this and also figure out how to actually animate tails uh because the original design for it had a cable that it uh came from its behind oh nice uh yeah and i tried i spent three days trying to animate that and it turns out that tails are just extraordinarily difficult <laughs> to animate <laughs> Beautiful. Well, that's that's something to aspire to indeed. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, and just just put that on open source it and get a thousand people to work on it with oh. you. <laughs> <laughs> You'll be uh, fine. Well, Amy, anything to plug? Um, no. Oh, what about you, Kristen? I listen to my other podcast, The Middle Aged Candy Store, which is surreal comedic writing. Um, and it's a lot of fun. Cool. Ah. Uh, anywhere to find you? Uh, you yeah. can find me on Twitter at Kristen M U H. Kristen with two eyes, not in a row. Kristen. <laughs> 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 Uh, and you can find me at Peacock Pots on uh, Instagram or Twitter. Uh, uh, I don't have anything to plug. Sorry to bother you. I'll plug Sorry to Bother You. Everybody should watch it. It's an incredible film. Yep. Um, you can find me here for the all moment. Right. Thank you for all listening. Goodbye. Bye. A drop of hobby. A drop of hobby. Your obsessions, your love. A drop of hobby.